Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. But we want whoever's holding her to know that we will not rest. We will not stop looking. We will continue looking for her and we will continue hunting you. And we will not forget Felicia. For Volt Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. And I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Murder charges have been filed in connection with a bizarre mystery at sea. Nathan Carmen, the man accused of killing his mother during a fishing trip and his grandfather to gain inheritance money, has been arrested on murder charges. And in Houston, the family of Felicia Johnson is continuing to search for her four weeks after the 24-year-old was last seen. Felicia Johnson was last seen applying for a job at a Northwest Houston adult entertainment club and hasn't been seen or heard from since. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. 28-year-old Nathan Carmen was arrested this week in Vermont and charged with murder in connection with the deaths of his mother and grandfather. But Will, this is not the first time Carmen has been in the news. Back in 2016, he was rescued at sea just south of Martha's Vineyard. Let's start there. Tell us about what happened. It was September of 2016. Nathan Carmen had recently purchased a fishing boat, a 31-foot fishing boat, named the Chicken Pox, and he went on a fishing trip. It was September 17th of 2016, and he set sail with his 54-year-old mother, Linda Carmen. As it turned out, the fishing boat sank off of Long Island the very next day, and it would be eight days later that a passing freighter found Nathan Carmen in a life raft drifting off of Martha's Vineyard. Here's reporting back in 2016 from John Charlton at Fox 61 in Hartford with more on that rescue at sea. Off the coast of New England, about 100 nautical miles from Martha's Vineyard, the captain of the Chinese freighter, the Orient Lucky, just drifting uh, and exchanging his ballast water, was preparing to sail to the port of Boston from Providence, Rhode Island. That's when a crew member spotted the orange of a life raft. When they spotted him, he was yelling and waving his hands. Lost at sea, but then found September 25th, he was Nathan Carmen. They had thrown him a life ring with a rope attached to it, so he was into the water for a certain amount of time. The Middletown native and his mother went missing exactly a week before, after their fishing boat sank. He just said it started to take water, and uh, and it sank. It's the same story the Coast Guard says Carmen gave them after the rescue. The Orient Lucky is now docked at Port St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, where port agent Tom O'Reilly relayed the observations the ship's captain, Zhao Hangdong, made of Carmen, as well as what they could communicate to each other considering the language barrier. He looked in normal condition. He had a little bit of 
I'm walking up the gangway. The captain said his legs were shaky, likely because of being confined to a life raft, as Carmen claims, for eight days. He asked if uh, if the captain had, had spotted his mother. Carmen's mother, Linda Carmen, is presumed dead. Her son spent a couple days or so with the crew. The captain just said his uh, his mood was, you know, he was very sad that he had indeed lost his mother or... or and. Other than that, that's, that was about it, you know, he's kind of walking around with his head down. Carmen, the captain said, left him a thank you letter because, after all, being out in the middle of the ocean, it's fitting the Orient Lucky came to the rescue. I'd say he was probably very lucky, just happened to be somebody going by. So as we mentioned, this was back in 2016. It's the following year that Carmen's aunts would file a civil suit against him connected to the death of his grandfather a few years earlier. Tell us about that. Right. So. They filed a civil suit in 2017, something called a Slayer action against their nephew, Nathan Carmen, saying he was responsible for the shooting death of their father and his grandfather, 87-year-old John Chakalos, a wealthy real estate developer with holdings in New Hampshire and a $47 million estate. Again, here's Fox 61 with more on that civil action. It's an action to prevent a killer from profiting by his crime. Their attorney, Dan Small, spoke with Fox 61 over Skype. He explained the family does not take this action lightly. This has been a very difficult and painful process for the family. This was not an easy decision to come to, uh, but the family believes very strongly that this is the right thing to do, and it's what their father and their sister would want them to do. As is, Nathan stands to inherit millions from his grandfather's estate, money that would have gone to his mother, Linda Carmen, if not for a fishing trip back in September. Nathan was rescued at sea. Linda was never seen again. The lawsuit claims if no action is taken, Nathan will be, quote, unjustly enriched. The sisters are not looking for money. In fact, they have pledged that if, as a result of this case, they receive any money individually, that that money will go either to the expenses of the investigation or to charity. They have no interest in profiting from this crime. The suit asks for Nathan to be declared the murderer in his grandfather's death. There are a lot of questions. There are a lot of, there's a lot of very disturbing evidence here. Laying out the evidence pointing to Nathan in both his mother's disappearance and the shooting that left his grandfather dead. Nathan denies any wrongdoing and is not currently facing any charges. The civil case is completely separate from any police investigation and does not require a criminal conviction. There are, in this case, too many questions without answers and too many answers without justice. And that's what we're seeking, justice. Now, following the murder of his grandfather, Nathan Carmen reportedly inherited over $500,000, but then spent most of that money. It would be the following year, April of 2018, that that civil case finally went to court. It was a legal battle that then stretched on for years. Nathan Carmen, in fact, represented himself in that civil case after firing his attorneys. The bottom line is I have no idea who killed my grandfather. I know that I did not. 87-year-old John Chakalos was murdered at his Windsor home in 2013. Nathan's mother, Linda Carmen, is believed to be lost at sea. I can understand how difficult it's been for all of us uh, having to deal with the death of my grandfather. It's been extremely difficult for me. Uh, the, the loss of my mom has been extremely difficult for me, so I can sympathize with petitioners in that respect. 
A judge in Concord, New Hampshire, ultimately dismissed the legal action from Nathan Carmen's aunt, saying his grandfather wasn't a resident of New Hampshire and it couldn't go forward in that state. And then in 2019, November of 2019, Nathan Carmen lost an insurance claim he had made in connection with the 2016 sinking of his boat, the Chickenpox. The U.S. District Judge at the time issued a written decision in favor of an insurance company that was refusing to pay an $85,000 claim to Carmen for the loss of that boat. The National Liability and Fire Insurance Company and a marine insurer said at the time that Carmen made, quote, incomplete, improper, and faulty repairs to the vessel on the day before it sank and that he knew the vessel was, quote, unseaworthy. That brings us up to the latest news here, as I mentioned at the top. Just this week, Nathan Carmen was arrested. Right. So Nathan Carmen was arrested on murder charges just this week by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Vermont. Here's Sarah Sanchez from Fox 61 in Hartford with more details from the DOJ about the eight-count indictment in this case. And according to the DOJ, Carmen killed his mother and then purposely sunk the boat. An unsealed indictment alleges three years before his mother's death, Carmen shot and killed his grandfather, John Shokolos, at his home in Windsor. Now, this unsealed indictment lays out an alleged scheme that Nathan Carmen was going to collect money and property. He's also accused of trying to defraud the insurance company after he sank it. Ultimately, he could face life in prison, plus 30 years for each fraud charge. Nathan Carmen has pled not guilty. Today marks four weeks since 24-year-old Felicia Johnson went missing. Reed, tell us about her disappearance. Yeah, Will, as you mentioned, Felicia Johnson is 24 years old, and she's from San Diego, actually, but she went missing while visiting Houston. According to her father, she came to Houston on April 13th with plans to celebrate her birthday there and look for work while she was in town. It's two days later, so on April 15th, he says she went to an adult entertainment club called Cover Girls to apply for a job. Quanell X, a community activist who is assisting the family in their search efforts, said Felicia didn't end up getting the job, and after she was turned down, she was going to call an Uber, but the Uber was running late, so she ended up getting into a car with an unknown man, and that's the last time she was seen, according to her family. Here's Quan LX talking about Felicia's disappearance at a press conference outside the nightclub on April 20th, five days after Felicia was last seen. She came here, stayed for a minute, for a little while. She called the Uber. Uber was taking too long to really get here. So a gentleman here at the club offered to give her a ride to where she needed to go. Felicia has not been seen since. No cell phone activity, no credit card activity, no social media activity. She has absolutely just vanished off the face of the earth. He also said during that press conference that the family believed Felicia was the victim of foul play, but that they believe she may still be alive. We believe that she is the victim of foul play. We believe that she's being held against her will, we believe that she, hopefully by God's grace, is still alive. But we want whoever's holding her to know that we will not rest. We will not stop looking. We will continue looking for her and we will continue hunting you. No matter what takes place, we will continue hunting you and we will not forget Felicia. Also at this press conference, we heard from Felicia's father, who by then had flown in from California to help with the search efforts. Felicia, uh... We miss you, all the families. You're in all of our prayers. I'm trying to hold myself together and stay strong 
for the family and for you. And I won't rest for a day in my life until I have you back. Um, it's a tragedy that you've been caught up in this net of, of whatever they got going on out here. But we working very, very hard to get you back. And I love you. Everybody in the family love you. And I just wanted to let you know, just stay strong and we're coming for you. Reed, is there anything else we learned at that press conference about any potential evidence in the case that could point to Felicia's whereabouts? Yeah, so we learned a lot more about the family's efforts. They'd hired a private investigator. They were putting together some of their own search efforts in the area. And at this press conference, Quan LX reveals that they found Felicia's phone. The family was able to get the last ping of the location of where she was with the cell phone. That cell phone was found discarded on the side of the road at Bear Creek Park. On the side of the road right there at Bear Creek Park. And the phone was covered in blood. They say they found it on the side of the road near Bear Creek Park, which, looking at a map, is about a 15-minute drive from the nightclub Felicia was applying for a job at. And even more concerning, they said the phone was covered in blood. We know that a search and rescue organization called Texas EcuSearch, which has worked on a handful of other cases we've covered in the past on this podcast, we know they've been involved with the search efforts and they were out searching the area around Bear Creek Park where the family says they found the phone. They reportedly spent three days searching that area but didn't find anything. Police also reportedly brought cadaver dogs out to that area but also didn't find anything. And the family, through Quan LX, has said... They thought police could have and should have acted more quickly in this case, particularly after the discovery of the cell phone. We believe this young woman is the victim of foul play. She's been kidnapped and that she's being held against her will. And law enforcement needs to do a better job of taking this case a lot more serious than they have. Once we found that cell phone covered in blood, law enforcement still took their time getting involved with the family. And then we were able to speak with law enforcement myself in particular, then they began to make some moves and get busy. And what about security footage? Do we know if any cameras at the nightclub would have captured Felicia Johnson or the unknown person whose car the family says she got into? So, Will, that is a huge question in all of this. And security camera footage is something else Felicia's father and Quan LX brought up at that press conference. We understand that there's cameras on the inside also as well as the outside. And so they have footage of who this gentleman was and what car he was driving. I spoke with a lawyer yesterday. He said he would do all he can to help law enforcement with his video footage. We know law enforcement finally came to the nightclub yesterday to retrieve this footage just yesterday. An attorney for the nightclub says they turned over any pertinent surveillance video to the police. And he told KHOU that the club was unable to confirm from watching that video if Felicia Johnson was in fact at the club before she went missing? Well, for dancers, and she was apparently looking for a dancer position, uh, many, many prospective dancers will walk in and say, I'm looking for a job, are you hiring? And we may be hiring at that point, we may not be. If we're not hiring, we say respectfully, we're not hiring right now, perhaps you'd like to come back at a later date, and that's the end of the conversation. If on the other hand, we are interviewing and um, discussing with a potential dancer that she would like to work there. There is paperwork for her to fill out and what we call a dancer packet. That's full of information. Uh, they sign it, they execute it, and they can go to work. But that, didn't, that did not happen with Miss Johnson. She did not fill out any paperwork. 
And But again, she didn't fill out any paperwork. She may have walked in, may have not, but you can't confirm that she walked in. That's correct. Does that mean, again, forgive me, I just want to make sure I'm correct, does that mean that you've reviewed the surveillance video from inside the club and she's not on the video? No, ma'am. It confirms that I have, yes, I have looked at the surveillance video. I have not identified Ms. Johnson on that video. I cannot categorically say that she was or that she was not in that club. I would tend to think that she wasn't. I've done an extensive investigation to try to find out and get to the bottom of what happened. Because quite frankly, I can understand the stress and the worry and the anxiety that the Johnson family is under. We'd like to find her more than anybody. But I don't know that she ever was at that club. So again, the attorney said he's viewed the relevant footage, but he says he can't reveal what exactly it shows. I'm not at liberty to disclose what was on those videos. If the police department wants to disclose what's on those videos, they're more than welcome to. But I can tell you this, that in my opinion, the Houston Police Department is doing a thorough investigation into this. Now, around that same time, the family of Felicia Johnson was saying they hadn't been shown the security camera footage and they wanted to, to see it, to see what it actually shows. And more broadly, they were saying that they were still not happy with the way the case was being handled. Felicia's father says he is working with the Houston Police Department, but says he has yet to see the surveillance video investigators recovered from the nightclub. I have a lot of questions and no answers, and it's been two weeks, and this is beyond a travesty with this law enforcement department. You know, this is, this is his workers, his people, he's in charge of them. This is, this is a travesty. So apart from the investigation into her disappearance, what else do we know about Felicia Johnson? Who is she? I'll let some clips from her loved ones speak to that. We've heard her father talk a bit about who Felicia was as a person. Here's a clip of him talking about Felicia. Uh, she's a beautiful, loving person, just like my mom, rest in peace. She's like her twin. Very good heart. You give anybody the shirt off her back. Um, I, you know, just a sweet person. And an intelligent young lady. Um, and I'm just very good with hair and makeup, like a model. You know, it's like, um, I don't see why anybody would want to hurt her. That she's very, very sweet. She's my oldest daughter. And just, you know, the love of my life. And I just, I just want her back. Our partner station, KHOU in Houston, has also been in touch with a friend of Felicia's back in California. And she also talked about the kind of person Felicia is. She's great. She's incredibly funny. She's witty. She's smart. Felicia's friend from San Diego speaking with us via Zoom, asking to keep her identity anonymous given the ongoing investigation. It's just a little scary. Shedding light on the person behind the photos. Not a lot of people, like, other than her family, has said anything about her. And I just, I feel like people need to know, like, who she is as a person. And finally, Reed, what's the latest on the search efforts? And is there a reward available in this case? Well, just a week ago, KHOU talked to Felicia's father again. He's still in the Houston area, and he said he'd just met with police and that they said that things were moving in the right direction, but he couldn't share more details because the investigation is ongoing. One other detail we do know about the case is that the FBI is now assisting with the investigation. And to answer your second question, there is a reward available. Crime Stoppers has announced a $5,000 reward for information that could lead to the whereabouts of Felicia. And for anyone with information, they can be reached at 713-222-8477, and you can remain anonymous. 
All right, Reed, thanks for bringing us that story. And also our thanks to partner stations Fox 61 in Hartford, Connecticut, and KHOU in Texas. Along with Reed Redmond, I'm Will Johnson for The Daily Crime. 